to the Connect Kindness Podcast, where we connect people with organizations to inspire kindness. I'm your host, Crystal Aziz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Tim Evans. In today's episode, we interview Natalie Silverstein, who is a philanthropist and an author of the book, Simple Acts, The Busy Family Guide to Giving Back. Teaching young children to be socially conscious, community-oriented, and eager to volunteer seems like such a daunting task especially for a busy family with children of varying ages, but it's okay because Natalie has a solution. Natalie shares with us what led her to want to write her book, as well as the importance of parents involving their children in acts of service at a young age. Natalie shares her thoughts on how parents can inspire their children to spread more love and kindness and how a paid forward mentality can have a life-changing ripple effect on people's lives. Simple Acts brings busy parents practical, easy-to-do ideas to involve their whole family, and volunteering and helping others in their community. So without further delay, this is our interview with Natalie Silverstein, the author of Simple Acts, The Busy Family Guide to Giving Back. Thank you so much for joining us on the Connect Kindness podcast today, Natalie. Um, can you share with our listeners about your book, Simple Acts, The Family Guide to Giving Back? Uh, yes. Why did you feel compelled to writing that? Well, thank you so much, Crystal and Tim. I'm so delighted to be here. Um, you know, it's funny in announcing the name uh, of my book, you forgot one really important word, which was the busy family. Oh. Yeah. And that's okay. And that's okay because that sort of brings me to why I wrote the book, right? So um, I was a busy mom living in New York City, uh, three young children. Um, my kids are now grown. They're 20, 18, and 13. But, um, you know, we live in this city that is so full of people uh, who have tremendous need and then others who have tremendous wealth. And I was sort of shocked and amazed that I couldn't find a lot of um, family-friendly volunteer opportunities for me and my kids. I just really instinctively knew as I think most parents do, that you have to um, take your kids out in the world and show them that everything is not perfect, that everyone doesn't have what they have, and that they have a responsibility as people, as human beings, as neighbors, as friends, as community members, to uh, help those who, who might need some help. Um, I also always tell my kids, you know, we do good for others. We help others now because we have the good fortune to be able to do that. And someday you will be in need of help yourself. So this is a two-way street. This is not about us helping them. It is about us as community members doing what we can, because at some point in our lives, for sure, we're going to need others, other people's help. So I went out and I was looking for family-friendly volunteer opportunities, could not find them, um, got hooked up with an organization called Doing Good Together, which is based in Minneapolis. It's a national nonprofit that helps families um, to find time for service and acts of kindness. I am their New York representative now for like eight or nine years. It's amazing. So I curate a listing of family-friendly volunteer opportunities here in New York City. And that uh, brought me so much joy, not only just to my family, but also just to be able to share that with my community. I became the like do-gooder lady, <laughs> the mitzvah lady, the uh, service lady in my community. I'd get calls and texts from friends like, you know, my son has a bar mitzvah coming up. What can he do? He really likes sports. And is, is there some way he can give back? So I thought to, I thought to myself, you know, there's something to this. People really need this information. They want this information. They would use it if it was available to them in a really easy to use, accessible, um, fun resource. Um, so I thought for a minute and I'm like, huh, 
pretty good writer. I could probably write this. Um, and so I created this resource guide. And the busy family piece, I think, is really crucial because, um, as I'm sure we'll get to, you know, I think one of the biggest excuses that people give all the time for not volunteering, not doing more of this work, is that they're so, so busy. And they have so many other priorities. And I think that we need to sort of flip our thinking around that and really prioritize this for ourselves and for our kids. Absolutely. The book is, is amazing. It's such a unique idea. It's, it's just packed full of, of just great ideas uh, for, you know, busy families. But we'd love for you to kind of take us back to the beginning and tell us about your upbringing and kind of what led you to have this strong desire to give back. Wow, thank you so much for asking that question. It's not a question I get asked very often. Usually people want to start with my parenting journey, which is fine, which is, you know, meaningful. But, um, you know, I was raised by immigrants. Uh, my, my family came here after World War II from Ukraine. And uh, it's kind of a classic immigrant story where, you know, came through New York City, not Ellis Island because it was already closed, but uh, pretty close uh, with no language, no money, no job. Um, no resources, and made a life for themselves. My parents uh, both arrived here in 1949. They were married in 1950, and um, they figured out a way to raise a family and have a home, and my dad had a business. And, you know, um, I think that philanthropy in those circumstances is a little bit different. It looks a little different. It, it tends to be sort of taking care of your own. You know, if there was a, another Ukrainian family that would come over and was in need, we were, you know, very much encouraged to help people to get established, as others had helped my mom and my dad to get established in this country and given them jobs and opportunities, places to live. Um, so, you know, it was, it was a church-based philanthropy. I remember putting the money in the basket every week. Um, again, rituals, giving, um, around giving and philanthropy. I remember there were little um, envelopes at our church. And from the time I was pretty young, like 12 or 13, I got my own envelopes, which was a big deal. So I could put a dollar in and put it in the basket. So they didn't have much to give, but whatever they had, um, my family encouraged me to give. I also remember my mom had a strong um, sympathy, empathy, heart, heart, compassion for sick children. And so we always watched, I'm going to age myself now, the Jerry Lewis <laughs> telethon yeah. um, every year. And I would call on the telephone and, and say that we were going to donate. I would ask my mom how much we could give. And then I think, if I'm not mistaken, they would send an envelope and we would put cash in an envelope and mail it, which is insane. Um, but it was like a big tradition for our family to watch Jerry Lewis and um, these children who struggled with muscular dystrophy. Um, and also the St. Jude charities. I think that's because my mom um, loved Danny Kay and, uh, you know, she she was just so impressed and so moved that he had started this hospital where people could go to get care for their sick children without having to pay. And so to this day, I support St. Jude. And, um, you know, it's just those little things, those memories. And I, I guess that gets back to my book and my philosophy, which is these are the things that you do with very young children. You live your values and you demonstrate what is important to your family. And the amount of money doesn't matter, right? It's, it's about the fact that we paid attention and that we care and that we want to help others as much as we can to, to the level of our ability. Um, so that, that's really my, my backstory. Um, you know, they were not, they did not run around the community working and volunteering 
um, for others in a hands-on way because they simply couldn't because they both worked really long, hard hours and to, to put food on our table and to educate us and keep us clothed. And so I'm, I'm grateful for what they the hard work and, and that resilience that they showed and demonstrated to me. Um, but also they clearly planted the seeds pretty early. And also since I didn't grow up with anything, it was a pretty humble upbringing. Now that I'm lucky enough to be able to give back and to have the space and the time and the resources, I am absolutely convinced that that is my responsibility to do that and to teach that to my children. I love that. Love it. Love that. Um, I, I would say I have a similar upbringing like you got, like you, my mom was an immigrant, my dad was an immigrant also, and it's just like, they get, they instill this lesson of like, just, just give what you can, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you don't realize like at a young age that does mold you into the person that you are as you get older. That's why it's one of Tim's favorite questions to ask people, because you don't realize that it's, it's the things that happen when you're younger that mold you, right? Whether it's trauma or whether it's success or whether it's love or whatever it is, that's, that's how you become the person that you are right now as an adult. Um, So I I love that. I know I'm inspired within my family. It sounds like you were inspired within your family and your upbringing. How would you say that we can inspire more people to give back and, and pay, have that pay it forward mentality and, you know, cross those barriers that they may have when it comes down to volunteering? Yeah. You know, it is, it's funny. I think there are some barriers and I've already mentioned one of them, which is this notion of busyness and priorities and time. And so this is something I talk to parents about all the time, which is we prioritize so many other things for our kids as we should. And as I, I always have, you know, um, they should do well in school. They should have extracurricular activities. They should learn an instrument if they can, or dance or music. Um, they should play a sport and move their bodies. There are so many opportunities for our kids um, right now in the world. And I think enrichment, which is a word that everyone uses, is really important. And so people spend a lot of time and a lot of money to give those things to their kids, especially if they didn't have them, right? Um, and that's absolutely important and everyone should do that to the level that they're comfortable. However, when you make those choices, you're also, you're prioritizing those things. And so we need to kind of flip the narrative around for parenting, especially, and say, okay, instead of saying we don't have time for something, this is one of my favorite quotes, say it's not a priority for me and see how that feels. So when you say to your kids, we're going to go and do soccer all day on Sunday, or we're going to go do hockey, or we're going to do all the other things that we commit to, we don't have time to go and drop off food at the food pantry, or we don't have time to go and visit an elderly neighbor who needs help. That really says to your children, those people, those things are not our priority, but soccer and hockey and dance and all those other things are. That's not what you want to be communicating to your kids. I would argue it's not, um, you know, a binary decision. You can have both. You can do both. As long as you say to yourself, okay, this is important, but this is also important. So saying yes to this means potentially saying no to something else. And then that's okay, because that shows your kids what your values are. I also think there's a little bit of cynicism in the world right now, and I hope that we can move past it. And I think this last year has been a really good indicator that we are moving past it, which is this notion of like, well, how much do they really need? Are those people really in need? Why can't they do more for themselves? Mm -hmm. And again, I think that comes from parenting and from the way you speak about others, the way that you treat others every single day in your day-to-day life. 
the respect that you show to others, which is what you would hope that they would show to you and your children, looking another person in the eye, using their name when that's appropriate, holding the door for the person behind you, letting the person in in traffic instead of screaming and yelling at them. Um, these are hard things and um, because life is very stressful. But I hope that we've learned now in this last year that people have varying levels of need and that everyone has something to give if they open up their heart and their mind and their eyes to it. Um, so it's just a, it's a, it's a, an intentional decision that you need to make as a parent that this is how you want to raise your child, to be empathetic and grateful and compassionate. And the best way to do that is to make the time for them to think about other people, to turn their gaze outward in the world. Um, and so I hope that's what the book does. I hope that's what it inspires, that you don't need a ton of time. You don't need to fly around the planet and go and build a, a school in Africa. That would be wonderful, but no one really can do that. Not a lot of people anyway, but that there are things you can be doing in your day-to-day -day life in the events and the milestones and the small moments that you're already planning, a birthday party or a play date or a milestone event for your family. There are ways to incorporate goodness and giving and service and kindness into everything and that that has to be intentional. Yeah, I have um, uh, two boys, uh, 10 and six, and they're my world. And, <laughs> you know, you, you mentioned something about, you know, just setting the example for your kids and simply opening the door for someone and, and having your kids see that and, and giving that example to them of, of how, you know, a parent, how, how you're supposed to be. Um, I would love if you could give us some examples of how we can inspire children more to spread, you know, more love and kindness. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, I talk about kitchen table kindness activities in the book and, and in my writing. You know, these are, again, very small things. Your kids are sitting at the kitchen table waiting for you to serve them a meal. You know, like they're sitting in a restaurant waiting to be served. And you can have paper and pencils and crayons there that they can be writing letters to isolated seniors or to our active duty military, to our veterans, um, to children in the hospital. There are literally you know, dozens of organizations that collect letters and cards and drawings. If you have a young child who can't write yet, they can draw a picture. You can download printable coloring sheets from wonderful organizations. One's called Color a Smile, which is, is literally just, they just collect art from kids and adults. They repackage it and they send it to anyone in need of a smile. And that could be veterans, that could be people in the hospital. Um, so your kids are sitting there anyway, they're waiting to be served a meal. Is, is a holiday coming up that you can say to them, oh, Valentine's is coming. Let's, let's make some cards and then take them over to the nursing home down the street. You know, my family also uses um, the sticky notepad, you know, the little square that mm -hmm. sticks. That has become such an instrument of, of joy and kindness in our home. My son um, decorated our front door, covered it in loving and supportive and, and encouraging messages for our daughter when she left for college last year. So at 530 in the morning, when we went to go to the airport, the front door was covered with these notes that said, you're going to do great and I'm going to miss you. Um, you know, that's a silly thing. That's a sticky notepad that everyone has on their, on their desk. You know, what if your child took a stack of those to school and you encourage them to write little notes to their friends and leave them on their desk or to teachers or to the security guard or to the person who works in the cafeteria? You know, it's just setting this example, sort of encouraging them to think of these things. And they're fun. You know, this is, I'm talking about arts and crafts and, and drawing and 
And the other kind of secret thing is the secret sauce here is that they will discover that when they do something kind for someone else, it feels really great. And the feedback they get feels amazing. You know, we've talked about, um, you know, other conversations that we've had, you know, there's tremendous research around this, that doing good for others actually makes you feel better. It gives you an endorphin rush. There's this, you know, high, this helper's high that you actually get. And we are in the midst of a mental health crisis. People are sad and depressed and lonely and isolated. And I think this is a really, truly tremendous tool that we have to make ourselves feel better while also helping others who are so desperately in need of help right now. So it's all good. It's all good. Um, So there are just lots and lots of ways that this can be incorporated into your everyday life and also into larger moments when you're planning your child's birthday party and you say to them, you know, what is something that you care about? What's a cause that you care about? Could we do something around your birthday party that would raise awareness of that issue and also potentially give back? You know, and some kids like to donate some of their gifts or or do a collection at their party. Um, my daughter would have a sleepover as a little girl, and we would ask for donations of pajamas for the pajama program, for example. And so what I try to do in the book is literally chapter by chapter give these sort of um, bigger picture ideas, so the birthday party, the play date, the vacation, et cetera, and then break it down into like individual ideas. And these are just my ideas. I hope that it sparks and inspires people to come up with lots and lots of other ideas on their own. Natalie, that's amazing that your son did that, you know, know. for for your daughter. I mean, I'm sure that brought him joy, but as a parent, how did you feel from that? I was so blown away. It was so, it was so lovely. He really is a very thoughtful kid. And um, again, I just hope that it, it shows that it doesn't take much. That's yeah. a sticky notepad that he used oh. in the middle, you know, before he went to sleep and put it on the front door. Another time we went to visit her um, at college and, uh, and I discovered afterwards, as did she, that he'd gone into her room and, and he had written a note on her on her desk and left it for her. Um, That's really powerful. And that's within our own family. So there is a level of giving and service and kindness that we, you know, this is what we want to encourage amongst our own family and amongst each other and our children. But then I really hope that that has ripple effects moving outward. Um, And so there's lots of stories. The book is also is is, um, very um, instructional. It's step by step in terms of ideas. But then I kind of intersperse these little stories about my kids, too, where things went really great and things went really wrong, because that's the other secret here. Um, People are sort of unpredictable. Situations are unpredictable. Kids are very unpredictable. If you need a snack, you are not going to behave and participate. Um, And so inspiring your kids to get out there and to do this work is so important, but to think think it through, to make sure it's a manageable amount of time, to make sure you talk about it before you go, maybe read a children's book that kind of frames the issue and then talk about it afterwards. What did we like about doing that activity? What, it, what might we have done differently? What can we do in the future? Um, and also, you know, packing a snack, <laughs> making sure it's not too long. You know, there are ways to set yourself up for success on this um, that, again, are not that hard. It takes a little bit of thinking in advance, but it's like, not that big a deal, you know, and I think we need to stop acting like, you know, doing service and volunteering is like this this big deal thing. It should be this organic, seamless, intuitive part of your family life. And I hope that the book can be a guide to that. 
I know you definitely inspired inspired Tim and I whenever we spoke with you. Um, and you, you're like, can I send you guys a copy? We probably got it within six to eight hours. I don't know how you did that, but it was at our front door. We're like, yeah, we just spoke with her this morning. You, Natalie, you send a drone just to drop it off. Yeah, right. so there's a drone that's obviously dropping this this book around. Um, but it was it was cool to skim through. You know, I didn't have time to completely read through it. And I don't, uh, this is not a book for someone that just feels like they have to volunteer. This is a volunteering book and it's not, it's also an educational book because you learn about so many nonprofits and Mm -hmm. all the different ways that you can help. And, you know, the power of sharing about that nonprofit and the power of learning about different perspectives is just as amazing as volunteering too. So don't feel that this is only for people that want to volunteer. That's not the case. It's also just to learn about what's going on in the world, what nonprofits are out there. Um, I know the first page that I turned to, it was about the birthdays in different ways that you can kind of get back uh, on the birthdays. And Facebook, I know they do, like, you can donate to a nonprofit yep. if you want to tell me. It's kind of that, sim- that simple uh, act. You can bring that into your birthday parties, right? So if you have a physical birthday party, um, I think the one that I read was about the Confetti Foundation, mm-hmm. where, yep. uh, you know, if instead of getting gifts, just have your friends give you either party um, gear so that kids can have parties in the hospitals that right. are sick, you know, right. because they spend their birthdays there and maybe they feel like nobody cares. That's right. Or there's not a lot of, you know, people that can engage with them. So this foundation creates little birthday parties for them. Right. And I saw photos. I went and I looked it up and I was like, of course you did. So cool. <laughs> right. Yeah. I was like, this sounds so cool. I want to know what they're doing. And we're actually featuring them in the in the month of March because I thought it was amazing nonprofit, right? So it's not all about the volunteering. It's also the educational aspect of it and what you can do to share it with someone that could be in a better position to volunteer than you can. Absolutely. And if if you see a nonprofit listed in the book or on your website and and your social media, which is amazing, because what you do is you amplify stories of these incredible nonprofits that are doing work that you may not have heard of. The truth is, The Confetti Foundation is doing something amazing on kind of a national scale, but your local children's hospital would very likely welcome a very similar activity that doesn't necessarily, you can create these birthday boxes, they're called, or birthday bags or whatever. So it's all the different elements that you would need to create a little party. And so you could, you know, coordinate with a, a local children's hospital, a cancer hospital, and say, what can we do for the kids to give them an activity, to give them a birthday party, um, you know, to create a reading corner. I mean, that's the thing. It's just a little spark of creativity and imagination where there is someone in your community for sure that can use the help. And so what is it, who is it that you're focused on as a family? Who is it that you want to help? Do you want to help veterans? Do you want to help the elderly? Do you want to help sick children? Do you want to do walk in a walkathon? There are, you name it, anything that your family is passionate, animals, you know, you find something that your kids are passionate about. And I promise you, they will be more likely to want to participate in that activity if it's something they actually care about. But there is for sure and for certain, someone in your community very close by to you, someone who is hungry, someone who is dealing with homelessness, living marginally, people who are living with, you know, dealing with economic transition and poverty, there is something that you can do. And so by the work that you guys do, which is so amazing, is highlighting nonprofits that you may not have heard of. I hope that people will discover others in my book. Of course, that is also a moving target, right? Because so many new nonprofits have sprung up even in this last year. Um, And I think I shared a few of you with you 
that have come come up here in New York City that have just exploded, where young people are are volunteering, called an organization called Invisible Hands, where they're volunteering to connect with elderly and homebound and ill folks who cannot get to the grocery store during COVID, and they're delivering groceries and and things from the pharmacy that are needed. And now what is happening from that? Imagine what's happening. Friendships are forming. These multi-generational friendships between these young 20-somethings or teenagers and these elderly where they're they're now friends and they talk on the phone and it's this connection and it's it's trying to combat this isolation and this loneliness and sadness. I mean the magic, the magic that's been created from that. And so I think if someone has an idea they should just kind of run with it and, and find a partner in their community that will accept this goodness that they're, they're willing to give. Find friends to do it with because that makes everything better. You know, in my new book, which is for teenagers, one of the biggest things that I advocate is for teens to do this with their friends, right? Kids want to be together. It's social. And if you make it social, if you volunteer, if your kids are little and you volunteer with another family that has little kids that your kids get along with, I promise you, everyone will have a better time and they'll want to do it and they'll want to do it again. And the same goes for teens. You know, if, if teens are active and they want to do a, a car wash or, you know, a dance-a-thon or all of these other wonderful ideas in, that are in my book that I hope we can get back to in post-COVID days, there is no question that those are more successful and way more fun and will have more staying power and they'll want to continue to do this work if they can do that work together. I think Tim and I have a, a young to old um, cross-generational friendship. Also. <laughs> I don't I'm know that Tim would agree. I'm for it, Crystal. <laughs> as soon as she said it, I was like, oh my God, I have to say this. this is so uh, um, no, yeah, I think everything that you just said is completely correct. You know, um, we, and you're, you talked about pulling on different heartstrings. Like, I know I have, my heart pulls on the homeless for, you know, for whatever mm. that reason is with kids obviously because he has kids and it, it shows on our connect kindness page which we're trying to do better about balancing but there's like a whole bunch of nonprofits, you know for when it comes out to the homeless and the kids uh, and I know you said you had a, a background with your mom with the sick kids and whatnot mm-hmm. too. do you feel like that has also been passed down to your family like your family has uh you know a little heart strength for helping absolutely Absolutely. And also for kids generally who are experiencing difficult times, you know, my son volunteered for many years with an organization, again, totally homegrown. Um, it was it was kids for kids. That's another big thing for me is I really love a nonprofit that's started by teenagers or young adults. So because it's it, there is something about peers doing it for other peers, again, as opposed to this us and them thing. I think kids for kids volunteering is one of the most powerful. And so this organization was called Celebrate You. And they would do little birthday parties for children who were in domestic violence and homeless shelters. Um, and so my son kind of rose in the ranks and became a leader there where he would lead the, the program where they would go in and decorate and they would do an activity and they had a song and they would have a cake that was donated and he would recruit some friends some volunteers to go and do it with them. And it was important and it was serious work. You know, this is the, the one shelter that he was primarily working in is a domestic violence shelter, which is you know, an unmarked building, um, you know, uptown and, and because these women are, are, you know, afraid for their lives. And so there's no posting on social media and there's no asking personal questions. There's no photographing of the children. You're just there for an hour and a half to give these kids who are not going to get a birthday party, right? Something that our kids take for granted to give them a moment of joy and they get a goodie bag and they play 
a game and they sing a song and they do some arts and crafts. And he did that work, you know, three, four times a year, every year since his bar mitzvah, that was his bar mitzvah project. So I think anything that involves children and making children's lives better and safer. Um, my youngest daughter who is coming up on her bat mitzvah, her charity, the thing that she cares a lot about is foster children. You know, we have like a half a million foster children in this country who carry their belongings around in garbage bags. And I know that everybody kind of has heard that as a rumor or some sort, but it's the truth. I mean, if a child is taken out of a home in a hurry, they typically put their clothing in, in a garbage bag. And so there is no dignity there <laughs> and it's horrifying. And so she's working with an organization, a national group called Together Rising, which helps, um, you know, kids to get a, a bag with a blanket and a teddy bear and some other essentials. And, you know, it's just these small things that every child deserves. Every child deserves a, a blanket and a bag to carry their belongings from one place to another. They're already struggling with going through the foster care system and having to leave their home where they're comfortable. Um, you know, there, there are plenty of people, again, I've said this already, there are so many people who could use our help or just our basic kindness and decency and respect. And I hope that, you know, families and kids especially can go out and teens can go out and say to themselves, this is an issue I really care about. You know, you've, you've just articulated what the two of you, what, what you're drawn to, but there are just, you know, endless, endless ideas here. Um, and then you have to just set your heart and your mind to it in a way that, that means that you can be impactful and do something meaningful. And even if you only change the life of one person, right, you still kind of changed the whole world. Ripple yeah. effect. Right. Like you mentioned before, um, right. your book is amazing. Uh, we highly recommend uh, everyone go out and get it. And I, I feel that it's, even if you don't have kids, it's still very, very valuable and impactful. Like Crystal mentioned, of just ideas of different different nonprofits and unique ideas of different ways to give back. Uh, mm -hmm. But besides your book, what are some uh, books on kindness, giving back that that you recommend? Sure, yeah, it's um, that is an excellent question. So first off, I think parents will find a lot of parenting books that have some aspect of you know giving and service and kindness within them, which is sort of like the unselfie or how to raise you know kids who who care, you know, kind of, it's sort of getting away from this kind of um, uh, self, uh, self-focused self generation. Um, there's a lot of talk of social media use and other things. So in, in a lot of these parenting books, you're going to find some mention of the need to do service, of the need to, to create empathy and, and gratitude and kindness in kids, but it might not be the, the sole focus of the book. There, there are books about bullying. There's a book about um, called Happy Campers, about the life lessons that you get in camping. And one of those, of course, is service and kindness. So you're going to find a lot of this, um, luckily, out there in the world right now in the parenting space. There are a number of great books that I actually really recommend. Um, one in particular is called The Kindness Advantage. Um, and it was written by Dale Adkins and Amanda Salzhauer. Um, they are um, social workers. One's a PhD, one's an MSW. And it was funny. I met them and I interacted with them. And we actually present together because their book, because they're both doctors, is about um, the, the why, the why of kindness. Why is it important to do service? Why is it important to raise kind kids, empathetic kids? And my book is the how. How can you do it? What's the, what are the step-by-step? resources for getting your kids out in the world and have engaging in service and kindness in a real concrete way, boots on the ground. So their book is, is more kind of theoretical 
and they do a lot of storytelling of case studies and things. And then my book is sort of the step-by-step resource guide. So they're really nice companions with each other. But um, I also think that Lady Gaga's foundation, which is the Born This Way Foundation, just came out with an amazing book. It's really, really beautiful. Um, It's the Channel Kindness book. Um, and it came out, I guess, last year. And again, it's all stories. This is a great one for teens because I think that Lady Gaga sort of speaks to them. You know, this, um, her whole channel kindness and born this way foundation is literally about spreading kindness and it's an anti-bullying campaign. And, you know, that's just what she's all about. And so I think for teens, especially, um, that might be a nice resource because they connect with her. Um, the woman who worked on um, Blue's Clues, do you remember that show? Um, she, <laughs> her name is Angela Santomero, and she wrote a book called Radical Kindness, The Life-Changing Power of Giving and Receiving. That is a really fantastic book as well. Um, and then finally, there is an organization called Kindness.org, And they're actually really focused on research around this topic, which I think is fantastic because the more sort of concrete research-based science that we can use to convince people about how important this is, they came out with a really wonderful book called Be Kind, A Year of Kindness, One Week at a Time. And it's literally just, each page is just a quote or a sentence. So it's the kind of, it's one of these books that you can leave on your bedside table and just and just open it to a page and see what it says and see if that inspires you. Um, So as you can see, and that's just like the three or four I have on my desk right now. Um, And also I just want to mention Doing Good Together, the organization that I volunteer for and that I'm so, so grateful to be a part of, which is again, based in Minneapolis. They have a wonderful website, doinggoodtogether.org. And the founder of that organization, Jenny Friedman, she is really an authority on this work. She inspired me to do it and um, really has been a mentor to me. Um, and she wrote two books. They're a little, a little older. Um, and so I hope that my book is kind of an updated version, um, but they, one is called Doing Good Together. They're sort of 101 acts of kindness you can do with your family. So as you can see, if you literally go on Barnes and Noble or Amazon or go to your local bookseller, um, you should absolutely be able to find wonderful books on this topic. Um, I also have a resource guide in my book about, you know, organizations to tap into um, and books that you can read. And in my new book, which is for teenagers, which is coming out next year. So Simple Acts, The Busy Teens Guide to Giving Back. I do, I I really try to to provide a comprehensive list of inspiring books for teens to see um, how they can do well and do good in the world. And there's tons and tons and tons, you know, the folks who started Tom's Shoes, um, you know, and the Kind Bar and all these organizations that are interested in, you know, social philanthropy, um, you know, social entrepreneurship. Um, They've all written really wonderful books that I think can inspire kids to think differently about careers and, and how they can operate in the world and how they can be successful, but also be impactful and help others. Love it, Natalie. We brought you on because of your book and uh, and the knowledge that you have just within this nonprofit space. Um, it's just amazing to hear you talk. You're passionate about all these nonprofits. They are doing amazing things, and we love to hear it. Um, I guess you do want to dig in a little bit deeper into your second book that you're writing right now, so we can kind of highlight that and get people excited oh, about it. 
That would be amazing. I mean, I hope uh, any anyone with teens out there who's listening will um, take a look early next year. It got a little delayed from COVID, but it's going to be Simple Acts, the Busy Teens Guide to Giving Back. Um, so I have sort of a series going here. Um, and it's it's hopefully going to be the same sort of book, kind of a boots on the ground, step-by-step resource guide for teenagers that tells them um, that they can make a difference in the world. Um, I think there is this tremendous pressure that we're putting on young people today to go out there and fix it for us, right? We're waiting for you. We're counting on you to change everything and make it better. Well, that's a lot of pressure for kids who have to go to school and have to do their chores and have to work their part-time job to put gas in their car and have to take their SAT and have to get their homework done um, or take care of younger siblings. Um, I think this generation of teenagers, especially now after this experience with the pandemic, are under a tremendous amount of pressure. And I hope that the book will do just a little bit to inspire them, that their community, which could be defined as their actual nuclear family, um, their larger family, the floor of their apartment building, their block, their immediate cul-de-sac where they live, their school, their um, their temple or church or mosque, their part-time job community, their, their um, local center where they go and play basketball every Tuesday night, Wherever they interact with other people, that is the community that they can make an impact on. Who can they help in that community? And if it's formal volunteering, amazing. And I hope I give a ton of ideas and resources and step-by-step ways for them to get involved in formal volunteering. If it's informal, which is picking up your sister um, from school and making her a snack, if it is taking the garbage cans out, which sounds like chores, but is really service, um, which is really valuable work. If it is um, helping your neighbor to clear the snow from their driveway so that they can get out safely, um, going to the grocery store for a homebound or ill neighbor um, and doing an errand for someone. Again, it is opening eyes and hearts and minds to what, how you can be of service to others and how great that will make you feel. Um, So I talk about social media in there. I think that there are incredible tools to share goodness and positivity and great positive messages and to use social media for the good as opposed to the opposite. Um, I only surround myself with positive messages on social media. I think I'm happier and healthier for it. (laughs) I don't follow things that are sarcastic and nasty and mean-spirited because I just don't know why I need any of that energy in my life. Um, So I encourage kids to use social media for the good. I encourage them to look at social social entrepreneurship, um, to again, to do well by doing good for others um, and that they might be able to build a business in that way. Um, I talk about, you know, the the ways that they can find and vet, you know, to really understand whether an organization that they want to support is um, doing the right thing and and has has the right resources and is um, a reputable organization. I think it's important for kids to understand that, to understand where the money goes, how the donations are used and stewarded. So I I teach them a little bit about that in there. I think the fine line here is talking to kids in a way that doesn't turn them off, that it's not preachy. I want it to be like, I know that this is hard. I know I'm not suggesting something super easy, but I am am arguing, I'm making, I hope, a, a valid plea that this is worth your time and worth your effort and that you're gonna be glad you did it. And that it doesn't matter when you start, but you're going to do this work with your friends and have fun doing it 
and that it's going to make a real impact and that that's going to make you feel great. And so I hope I just provide tons of ideas and creative ones and fun and, and then tons of resources for kids um, so that they won't just turn off and be like, Ugh, it's too, it's too hard. I'm also, you know, a realist. I recognize that the book's probably going to sell to parents who then give it to their kids. I hope that parents will sit with their kids and, and talk it through. I hope I don't preach to the choir of people who are already doing this. I hope it actually opens some eyes and some doors for folks. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, what you're doing is amazing. You mentioned that you only follow positive social media. I can feel the positivity through the <laughs> video, you know, the kindness, the love. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. And for our listeners who want to follow you, learn more about you, how can they yeah. get in touch with you and your organization or you and learn more about your book? Sure. So my website, simpleaxeguide.com. Um, and that's got, you know, links to all of my different press and podcasts and TV appearances and different fun things that I've had an opportunity to do, which has really been lucky. Um, I also do some writing, you know, in different um, other forums. And so it links to that. But mostly it just tells you about me and about the book and a way to, to purchase the book, obviously. Um, but my main platform is really Instagram because I think visually it's just an easy way to, to show pictures and, and to, you know, to promote different organizations. I do a lot of reposting of other nonprofits whose work I support and I think that other people should learn about, both in my own community and, and you know, nationally, internationally. So that's just Simple Acts, um, uh, that's at Simple Acts Guide, excuse me, at Simple Acts Guide on, on Instagram. Um, so that's really my primary focus um, because I just think the visual platform is, is really great. It's on, it's on Facebook as well. And they can always reach out to me, just Natalie at simpleaxeguide.com. And I love to provide advice. If you, you know, are looking for a nonprofit in your community or a national nonprofit, or I love a, I love a challenge, you know, when someone says, I'm, I'm really looking to give back in this way. And, and I, I make it um, a game for myself to try and help people to connect with kindness, to connect with organizations that can help them to fulfill that desire and can also help others, which is why I was so drawn to you and to the work that you're doing, because that's what you're all about. I, I think the only way we're going to get people to do this work is if they can connect with organizations that, that feel meaningful to them, that impact them. And so what your platform is doing is amplifying those that people may not have ever heard of. Um, you know, everyone's heard of the Red Cross. You know, everyone's heard of the Ronald McDonald House. I'm not diminishing the work that they do, but we need to get the word out there that there are so many wonderful, wonderful nonprofits on the ground in communities changing lives every single day. And they could use your time and your resources and your energy and your repostings and all that good stuff, which is why I love what Connect Kindness is doing. I think you guys are amazing. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you, Reek. And we, it's the same respect going your way too. We love what you're doing with your book. You're the first of, you know, normally we only um, interview nonprofits. You know, that's something that Tim and I said that we were, we're going to do when we started right. off. You know, we've recorded over 55 podcasts now. And uh, when you reached out to us, we're like, man, this sounds amazing. Maybe we should adventure out and really start interviewing people that are doing goodness you know they don't have to be associated with a nonprofit because technically we're not a nonprofit. we're filing for it right now but we right. were doing it just because so we should be you know 
helping to amplify and inspire other people that are doing amazing things. So we just want to say thank you for breaking our barrier and opening <laughs> our minds and, and getting us excited about just other people just doing amazing things because you truly are. Um, and people can find your book on Amazon. They can yeah, find Barnes it on Noble, uh, yeah. Nobles, all that good stuff. Your awesome. local bookseller, which I highly support, you know, support it. I, you know, I really advocate people supporting their local um, independent booksellers. Unfortunately, they would probably have to order it for you. Um, and so if you're, if you want to do it that way, they absolutely can. But yes, Amazon and Barnes and Noble carry it all the time. Yep. Awesome. 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 Well, Natalie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with Tim and I. We love it. We can't, I honestly would love to see a second interview whenever your next book releases. And <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. See how awesome, you know, that develops. And then maybe this turns into a collection as your collection starts growing. I, so, I think it would be amazing. And as I said to you both, I have tons and tons of ideas of nonprofits that I would love for you to amplify and to, to highlight and to add to your growing, amazing list. Um, I think that it's an incredible resource. It's a resource that I was looking for when I got into this work you know, 12 or 15 years ago. Um, and so it's just a gift to the world. And so I hope that we can be in constant communication and I can tell you, oh, check this one out. Oh, look at this one I just found. Um, because again, there are really special people out there who see the need and react to it and make it happen. And those are the people whose stories we want to tell. Thank you so much for listening to the Connect Kindness podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at share, give, do. And please remember, the world is changed by your example, not by your opinion.